1: The Bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of The Action Network, and this is our AFC West Fantasy Preview episode. Here to break it down with me, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on?
1: what's up uh i think my face is burnt a little bit uh the other day we were at the beach i don't, I don't think i put sunscreen on my face so i'm, I'm thankful <laughs> dearly but had a blast
0: oh yeah yeah we, happy uh... birthday nikki <laughs> yeah shouts to nikki uh yeah we uh got to hang out on a beach uh i i escaped it i got a little bit on my like the back of my shoulders i think that's the only spot i missed but uh just throw a little throw a little aloe on that be straight <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But uh, for those that don't know, this is uh, in these episodes, we go through every fantasy relevant player uh, in the division for each of the four teams. So uh, let's jump right into it. And and of course, all of our East, uh, North and South episodes for AFC and NFC are already out right here on this channel. So be sure to check those out. Uh, But the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the favorite for the AFC West as usual. Patrick Mahomes going as the top quarterback off the board Sean uh thoughts on Mahomes uh you're taking Mahomes are you taking Allen are you taking Hurts uh what, what are you doing with Patty who's finished top three uh top five excuse me in each mm. of the past three seasons and never worse than QB7 yeah
1: he's obviously the best quarterback in the game he's still only 28 so he could get better this year. I think he also needs Travis Kelsey to delay his inevitable decline, at least for one more season. Uh, last year, it didn't look like Kelsey was slowing down at all. So I think if Kelsey can maintain that, I think Mahomes will have maybe a better supporting cast this year. You know, he, he's losing Juju Smith-Schuster and Nico Hardman, but they weren't that key uh, to Mahomes' success. But uh, potentially a full season of Kadarius uh maybe Skymore <laughs> breaks out in U2. Uh, I, I do like second-round pick. Rasheed Rice, uh, they still have MVS. So I think this year, uh, you know, he could have a better supporting cast. Um, I think you could argue either Mahomes or Allen for QB1. I'm still leaning Allen just because he has more rushing upside. Uh, I, I like Kincaid in that offense. So um, although th- this is the year we've been talking about it. I don't think you just skip quarterback early on anymore. So I think in, in spots, you know, there are some times to take a Mahomes or an Allen. But I have been just tending to wait for Hurts. Waiting for a Fields, um, you know, trying to get one of those guys a little bit later on. But uh yeah, right now I, I still have Alan, my QB one and Mahomes right behind him at QB two. Yeah, uh,
0: it's really neck and neck for all three yeah. like all the top three for me. Um, I'm actually kind of reading Mahomes. I think so I'm like what I'm hearing out of Buffalo, they might go a little more like heavy personnel, a little run heavier. Um, you know, using more running backs. So maybe that knocks Allen down a little bit. Whereas Mahomes was just so impressive. I mean, losing Tyreek Hill, and yet you <laughs> you add over a half a yard to a yards per attempt from the season before. You know, he lead the league in passing yards per game, lead the league in passing uh, touchdowns, touchdown rate. I mean, this guy just – Every year but one of his career, he's averaged at least eight yards an attempt. And each of the last three years, he's thrown the ball at least 38 times per game. So, you know, there's, it's hard not to like it. Now, the only thing that's changed really uh, is outside of, you know, what you mentioned with Juju is Matt Nagy's back at, at, at O.C., because enemy goes to, to Washington. They'll, they're going to not use a fullback this year. So maybe Mahomes, op- they open the offense up a little more Ooh. because you don't have the uh, the fullback on the, on the field. So maybe that's more snaps for, for a receiver. Maybe, maybe it's just more Noah Gray. Who knows? But either way, uh, no problems with Mahomes because I think mm-hmm. the market is just sharpened up in terms of quarterbacks. And yeah. I don't mind drafting one early, uh, or in the middle rounds. I still I, I'm with you. I think Fields is my sweet spot, but he's only one man. So, you know, <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't guarantee to get him every draft. So I, I'm still getting a lot of uh or kind of splitting my exposure between Mahomes, Hurts, uh Allen, yeah. uh Lamar
1: Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson too. I forgot to mention yeah, him. All,
0: anybody there runs, yeah. I want him. And and Mahomes runs enough, but he's just, as yeah. I mentioned, just a monster. And the receiving court could be even better this year. I mean, Juju was Kind of hit or miss last year. Mm-hmm. I Ended up with a decent season-long line, but a lot of it came in 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 a, in a few games. Um, so you know, if Rice or, or or Tony can make that next step, like we hear we heard a lot of hype about even Justin Ross. Like we're hearing hype about pretty much everyone on this roster, wide receiver wise. So that <laughs> that could be a good or a bad thing. But uh, let's start with with Tony because I don't think there's too much to talk about with with uh, with Mahomes, but Tony is going wide receiver 43 over the past couple of weeks. The reports are Kansas City wants him to be their number one receiver, which, I mean, does kind of line up with letting Juju go. Um, But can he stay healthy? He missed 17 of 36 career games. Uh, and the other thing I, I should point out is that Kansas City was one of the two teams along with Buffalo, reportedly, that tried to trade for DeAndre Hopkins before he got released. So obviously Kansas City was not totally comfortable yeah. with Canarius Tony as their number one. But I mean, as we sit here now in, uh, in, in late June, that's, that's what's going on. What are your thoughts on Tony?
1: Yeah, obviously he just has massive upside in this offense. If he could stay healthy uh, and that's the huge question mark with them. He just, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when he's healthy, I think he will be the number two target behind Kelsey. Uh, I mean, he has massive touchdown upside. They can use him and, uh, unique ways around the goal line. Um, you know, and he goes in a range where he's likely going to be your wide receiver four anyway. And that's the time where I do like to focus more on upside. I mean, obviously Tony has a low floor. He can miss 10 plus games. Um, so I think he is worth the risk. I just wouldn't go all in, uh, around wide receiver 43, but you, you definitely want some exposure to Tony. Um, you know, best ball, like you said, like best ball, it is rough if a guy's missing games. But a wide receiver, I, I like to take eight receivers anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. So I think, based on Tony's upside, I think he's worth taking here at forty-three.
0: Yeah, I have I have some exposure, but definitely, I actually don't want him in best ball because I don't trust him to stay healthy, and I just right. I don't like <laughs> I don't like racking up the missed games in best ball because you know obviously you want upside, but there's there's a lot of upside here. I think personally, I, I feel the better value is Sky Moore. Uh, at wide receiver 52 because you know always like to target these second year elite candidates pretty much indiscriminately you know like it just no matter what you think of a guy they tend to just jump up in year 2 i mean it happens a, a lot more often than not uh, more had pretty decent um you know targets per route 19% last year kind of average but Uh, he's he's the one that they're talking about is going to play that juju role even though tony's like you know could be the quote-unquote top receiver i I think sky Moore actually may uh end up being more productive than tony when you consider the health and the fact that tony really never was able to even play like a a starting uh like a starting number of snaps for a wide receiver like if you remember he was always playing like 20 to 40 percent of the snaps so I know they're going to kind of scheme him uh, a lot of touches and, and and do things, but Tony could end up a lot more like Hardman. And I think there's a chance that like, I think it's pretty like kind of 50 50 between these two guys and more is going about 10 spots later uh, in, in terms of the wide receiver ranks and a, and a couple of rounds later. So uh, I'll probably going to kind of take some shots on him uh, because I think, you know, letting Juju go Tony with the uh, you know, with the injury struggles Yes, you drafted Rice, but I, I do think there's kind of a vote of confidence in Moore. And I think we were kind of early, a lot of like the, the whole industry, I think, you know, we yeah. saw, you know, rookie wide receiver on the Chiefs last <laughs> year. They lose Tyreek. We're all hyped over more. and he plays what, like 25, 30 percent of snaps uh, per game. But I, I think that in year two, that's when you're going to see kind of the, the jump, you know, for, for him. So uh, I'll take my shot with him. But, um, you know, him and him and Tony are definitely, I think, going to be, those one, two, and then Valdez Scantley is going to kind of get the low percentage routes. He was 15 average up to target last year, but it, you know, targeted on just 14% of his routes, So it equated to just uh 1.2 yards per route, uh, maybe improves on that a little bit, but um, he's a best ball only guy uh, for me.
1: Yeah. We also have, I don't know if you mentioned Justin Watson hanging around, like it, it is a crowded wide receiver room so I think uh, I take your point with Moore he he was such a disappointment last year that I think a lot of people shy away but like you said there is a chance he breaks out in year two and this is an offense we do want to take flyers mm-hmm. and invest in so I, I do think Moore is worth considering at wide receiver 54. I also like waiting for Rashi Rice uh, down closer to wide receiver 70. I think he has similar upside to Moore even as a rookie you know he's a second rounder out of SMU um, love the landing spot, obviously, but he's he's more of a pos- possession receiver anyway, kind of like a Juju. And just he he reminded me, he gave me like Chris Godwin vibes, obviously not that good, but that kind of receiver. So there's a chance that he could step up and take that Juju role uh, if Skymore is struggling. I, I'm betting Skymore gets first crack at it. Uh, plus, you know, we keep talking about Tony potentially missing all this time. If Tony does miss time, a lot of these guys are going to have to step up. So I think Rice is a way to kind of invest and tony's injury risk in a sense so i think that rice could surprise as a rookie uh in this offense and i think wide receiver 70 is a good time to kind of take a flyer like that so that's why i've been having a little bit more exposure to rice than moore but i think just based on moore's upside i think he does make make sense in that 55 range as well
0: yeah i'm just kind of looking at it like okay i don't want to make kind of the same mistake with uh with rice that we made more last year where, you know, right. I feel like everyone was kind of overdrafted him, expecting him to play with this huge role. And I think rice might kind of slot into kind of a, not like the same role as more, but similar playing time, at least to start, mm-hmm. you know, like about a quarter of the routes. Uh, and Justin Watson, I, he's going to make the team. Um, they right. got like a, I think a two year, three point something million dollar deal with like one point, like one and a half mil guaranteed. So, you know, he's going to play special teams, but he, he should make the team. Uh, I think the yeah. question is, You know, does Richie James, who only got about 500k guaranteed, you know, does he make the team coming off a career year? Uh, And then we're hearing a lot of hype about Justin Ross. Uh, Maybe he's finally healthy. He gives them an element. You know, maybe they don't have as much of you know big six four two ten guy. But um, you know, he'd probably have to beat like cut into maybe like an MVS or or a Watson. So uh, I'm not necessarily buying the hype with him, but. Um, yeah, Rice is certainly, he's, you know, he's a guy I think we got to definitely monitor because even if, even if he starts the year as the wide receiver four, like you said, Cardarius Tony, the health is, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he's going to, he's going to miss games.
1: I <laughs> just have a side bet on that. But uh, I, I almost forgot about Justin Ross. I mean, he is worth monitoring. I mean, he had that potentially career ending injury uh, in college, but he was considered to be a first round prospect. Mm-hmm. He was that good. So he he's not a guy we should ignore. So if it's looking like he's healthy, he has a good training camp, things like that, like he could move up my draft board as well. So, uh just one other one of the eight receivers we have to monitor on the Chiefs right now.
0: Yeah, this is one you definitely want to pay attention in camp cuz right now there's they got five receivers going in the top 90 and at one point Richard J- Richie James was going just outside there as well. Um he's kind of fallen off the map with the with the Ross hype, but um yeah, I mean it's not out of the question that it, like the 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 top three is a combination that isn't the top three getting drafted, which is Tony Moore and, and mm-hmm. Rice actually. As, as of now, Valdez Scantling's probably the most like probably runs the yeah. most routes out of all of them, which is hilarious. Yep. Um, but he, he's the best ball target. He's int- would have been intriguing because he struggled last year in year one, but now you know another year with Patrick Mahomes. You know he's still uh, I would say relatively in his prime where is he 20 29 so you know still should be in his prime uh he could easily have a season where instead of you know 42 catches and two touchdowns he gets you know 50 catches and eight touchdowns or something like that so uh definitely a guy I, I'll, I'll look at in best ball because i think everyone's looking at all like the shiny new toys yeah you know, in this chief's offense kelsey he's a tight end one uh i mean how early you drafted him i i didn't see a slowdown with him Last year he still got targeted on 25% of his routes, 2.2 uh, yards per route, which is excellent. And he's had at least uh, eleven 1, hundred yards in all five years with uh, with Mahomes, along with at least 90 catches. What do you, what do you, how early are you you drafted? Yeah,
1: the I think he's a top five pick, just when it, in terms of position drop off. And like I said, like he is gonna decline at some point. Um, I, I'm not saying he will this year. He's 34, right? Mm-hmm. He's turning 34. But I had mentioned last year that I think the fact that he has such good chemistry with the best quarterback in the game who's still like entering his prime. So Patrick Mahomes is still ascending, that might slow down Kelsey's decline. So it's kind of offsetting so I think that Mahomes could get even better this year and Kelsey can just maintain. Um, but you know, he <laughs> can't keep this up for you know another three years or so. But I think for this year, absolutely he's the tight end one. Absolutely a top five overall pick because we were saying, you know, all these receivers are kind of fighting for the number two target. Kelsey is still the alpha in this offense. You know, he's going to see a ton of targets, ton of touchdowns. And just based on the tight end position, I know we like a lot of guys later on, like they could pop and be top five this year. Like Kelsey is just the the biggest lock (laughs) in fantasy at, at such a key onesie position. So uh, I definitely like taking Kelsey in the top five overall.
0: Yeah, and he's been so durable too. I mean, yeah, not in the. He had that. What was it? An ACL his first, his rookie year, I think it was. Wow. Right? Um, And then yeah. since then, he's missed three games in nine years, I believe. Yep. It, it's just absurd. So yeah, I mean, knock on wood. I, I haven't seen anything on film to suggest a slowdown. I haven't seen anything in the in the underlying metrics and the advanced metrics and in, in you know separation numbers and the targets per route and anything like that to suggest. Uh, that he's fallen off. So uh, yeah, I, I don't mind him as a you know middle mid first round uh, pick because you know tight end is it's it's ugly it's ugly. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the running game for KC. We have Pacheco entering year two. Uh, you know that was a guy that you know we were both on early on. Uh, and he broke out in a big way over the second half, you know, week 10 and, you know, going through the postseason because I think that, you know, kind of mm-hmm. exemplifies his usage, uh, Average about 13 and a half carries, 69 yards on the ground, uh, and also 15 receiving yards. So he was averaging 84 yards from scrimmage uh, on about 15 touches, 14, 15 touches from week 10 on, which is always like what you like to see as a rookie. I think that's kind of where he'll – He'll, he'll slot in this year. Kansas City, Andy Reid, usually not going to go with a, a workhorse back. They they, they know the deal. Yeah. Got to keep these guys healthy. But, um, you know, RB26, I'm fine with it there. Only only six touchdowns, I believe it was, for Pacheco rushing. I mean, he has he, he has multi uh, – double-digit, excuse me, touchdown upside mm-hmm. in this offense. And I don't think you're going to see McKinnon, uh, you know, kind of vulture touchdowns. And Edwards, E'Laire in the three games before he got hurt. Uh, He had only 10 carries and five targets on 38 snaps. So he already was just kind of way behind Pacheco and McKinnon uh, after getting demoted. So um, what what are your thoughts on this backfield?
1: Yeah, so, you know, Pacheco obviously had a good rookie season, should open as the week one starter. But, uh, you know, he just didn't see enough receiving work to, to be like a consistent RB2 only saw a target on 10% of his routes. And, you know, I think McKinnon and, to a certain extent, Edwards-Alaire should handle most of the receiving work still, which sucks because that does limit Pacheco's upside. But, you know, he operated as a goal line back. He had uh, four touchdowns on 10 attempts inside the five. He's also the type of back that doesn't need, you know, carries around the goal line and score touchdowns. He's more of a homer and hitter you know, defenses will have to worry about Mahomes, Kelsey, and the passing game. So he's going to see some pretty big holes. Um, and the fact that the Chiefs will mainly be in positive game scripts bodes well for Pacheco. But just he's in that range where I'm okay with him at RB27 because I feel like he's just outside of the frozen pontier. But he is that type of back where just, you know, it, it could be a pretty volatile backfield. I I have pretty much written off Edwards Hilaire, but he could – you know, make some noises here and McKinnon's always going to kind of be handling the receiving work. So I just think Pacheco's ceiling is a little bit limited, but I'm okay taking him if he falls outside of the the top 25 or so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I actually, I'm encouraged by what I saw. It was, it was subtle, but I mentioned, you know, just two receiving yards per game over the first nine weeks of the season, but 15 uh, from week 10 on and his routes, Uh, And his usage in the pass game did increase, uh, you know, for the first, you know, for those first nine weeks, he was on the field only about 10% of the pass snaps. And from week 10 on, it was about 35%, 35, 40%. And especially once you you started hitting the, you know, crunch time of the season and into the playoffs. So if he can get like, you know, 40% of the routes um, and, you know, they've, they've shown like they they will target him like down the stretch his targets per route went up as well so um i i'm, I'm encouraged by what i see saw over that, not that second half i still think he'll be more like a, like a Miles sanders last year but i mean he could definitely get you know 15 carries uh and like two catches a game and and, and push for double digit touchdowns so uh, yeah, I'm 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 fine with Pacheco here at, at 26. I rather wait on my RB two, and so I'm I'm gonna have like a lot of exposure to all these guys in that you know RB 20 to yeah. range because I I think where you want to kind of lay off is once you start getting like RB eight nine all the, into like the the, the high teams, I, Yeah, I think <laughs> there's no real, there's not as much separation as you would like um, between those guys to warrant a pick there over a wide receiver. Or, or, you know, locking up an elite quarterback or an elite tight end or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I, I, so I have a little note in my projections that McKinnon started dealing with like a nagging hamstring injury in week 11. And I mm-hmm. think that kind of contributed to Pacheco seeing some extra work. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was also out as well. Um, but is what do you think about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Are you writing him off completely at this point? Or do you think there's a chance I, he could... Uh, I-
0: I'm not writing him off completely. I, I always liked him in college, but I I really think this is the Pacheco show. Like this guy yeah. is good. Like it's just the film. Don't right. lie. Like this dude is he's a baller. Like we loved him last year because we knew he was going to be not so. Like yes, McKinnon was was banged up, but remember McKinnon went on a torrid stretch in weeks thirteen to seventeen, and that coincided with Pacheco still you know putting up uh, improved numbers. So um, McKinnon's actually the guy I think. Uh, we will take a step back. And if he does, oh, I think yeah. you'll see even, I think Edwards-Elair will kind of slot into that role, but I think you'll actually see even more Pacheco. But McKinnon, I am not drafting him, Uh, you know, inside the top 50. He's going RB 43. He had a, a five-game stretch where he scored eight touchdowns in weeks 13 to 17. <laughs> Didn't crack nine half PPR points in any other game. He had a career-high 10 touchdowns on 128 touches, which means he scored every 13 touches for his career He's scoring every 40 touches. He also averaged uh like a yard and a half more per reception than he ever has. Uh then I mean, then his career averaged over nine, and he played every single game, but he's missed 36 over the past five years. So yeah, and, and all of that, and he still averaged only 7.3 touches, like yep. and he's <laughs> over 30. So, like this, like Jared McKinnon's screams fade. Oh, if, yeah. So, you know, whatever you want to do with that, like personally, I'm just gonna invest in Pacheco, but yeah, I mean, Edward Zilaire. I mean, McKinnon's probably going to miss games and he's, you know, he's probably not, he's probably not going to stay healthy again. Um, so Edwards-Haler could kind of factor back in, but I just really think Pacheco, um, he has too much talent to keep him off the field. And that's why you saw his, his even his pass game usage start going up uh, down the stretch last year. Cause I just think they want to get him the ball, you know, no Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey's yeah, 34. Yeah. Like they, they need playmakers and he's, he, he's that.
1: Just one last question about Pacheco and then we can move on, but this is a, Situation I've faced in drafts like constantly as I'm debating. So I'll let you pick one of these running backs, mm-hmm. uh, James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco or Dave Montgomery. They're usually all available right around the same time, you know, that mm-hmm. I'd like to draft these guys. Which one would you pick if they're available right now? I'll go Dave Montgomery yeah, because yeah.
0: number he usually goes the latest of those three. Uh, Probably has the best offensive line. And I mean, the offenses aren't as far apart anymore as you would think. You know, like the, between the right. Chiefs and the Lions. Like <laughs> obviously, the Chiefs are still better, but um, you know, Andy Reid shenanigans. There's always <laughs> a little bit of downside there with uh, yeah. with, with Pacheco, but Montgomery. <laughs> I mean, that 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 Jamal Williams role with 45 um, yep. carries inside the 10, leading the league by 16. I think Montgomery could be ticketed for that. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like Montgomery, but I, I like Pacheco as well. I have no problem with him at his uh, what is RB twenty six. No problem with yeah, him at fair. that ADP. That I want. I want all, all of those guys. Connor probably the riskiest, just because the Cardinals are going to mm-hmm. be a dumpster fire. But I mean, unless they sign a running back, and I don't, I haven't seen them make any moves. He's probably going to be in there like eighty five percent of the snaps if he's healthy. So exactly. Uh. Okay. Who are so to recap for the Chiefs? Who do you like? Uh, any sleepers, undervalued guys?
1: Yeah, I just think Rasheed Rice going around wide receiver 70. um, We're going to have to take flyers on some of these Chiefs receivers. I just like that. I think that's a sweet spot to kind of gamble on his upside, and he won't kill you uh, if he doesn't pan out. But I do like him as a rookie. Like I said, he gives me like Chris Godwin-type vibes. Uh, So I I like him. I I like basically all Chiefs players. We want to invest in this offense. But I think based on his ADP, he's one of the, the best values.
0: Yeah, I mean the Chiefs have no receivers going inside the top 40. So wow. Not a bad, not a bad uh team to invest in. Uh for me, I'm I'm going Sky Moore. I think he'll take that that year two leap and uh you know emerge as a, a big part of this offense. And he's you know, in the in the wide receiver 50 range, it's pretty much all upside uh from there. You should have your starters and pr- probably maybe even your wide receiver four by then uh as well. So uh like me some Sky Moore. Uh what about busts or overvalued guys?
1: Uh, gotta be jerk McKinnon. Uh, you know, his his ADP isn't like egregious. Yes, like he, he will kind of put up those numbers at the no, end of the day no, in you a won't. PPR format. He shall not where you start five running backs. That'd be <laughs> yeah. the only time. I would I take
0: would the have... uh, the over all day on, on forty-three. Over as in he'll oh, finish well, yeah. like lower, right. but yeah, higher than forty-three. Right, like, but like, he doesn't have yeah.
1: much upside. Like that's my yeah, point. Yeah, and yeah, that's nah. we're here to win. Fancy football, not finish like six. So Dude, if you want to win, seven touches per game. <laughs> yeah, if you want to win your league, don't take him. Take somebody else in this range because there's a ton of guys with way more upside than Jared McKinnon in this range.
0: Yeah, last year, like all anytime you see one of these PPR backs pop, like you want to get off that next year. Like it's yeah. there's always going to be a couple of them that pop, and you got to get out in front of them rather than you know chase right. the year before because. First of all, this is the Chiefs. Like, it's not like they need to be, uh, they're going to be behind <laughs> I mean, Yeah. And if anything, McKinnon's probably going to be mostly a pass blocker. Um. I mean, I, I just don't see him getting more, like, much more than those seven touches per game, if, if he even stays healthy. Yep. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go to the Chargers. Herbert is the QB7. Uh, I think the interesting thing with him is in this offense is that kellen moore comes over from the cowboys uh was the form was the oc of the cowboys now he's replacing joe lombardi uh, as the offensive coordinator in la and i mean i I don't know like if you've done your play team play projections yet but the, the charges could be even faster this year i mean they were mm-hmm. they were top six in situation neutral pace according to football outsiders in each uh of herbert's three seasons well Kevin moore with the cowboys situation neutral pace second second first second so there's not much room to go up but if there is this Charger team could be even faster herbert's been kind of up and down in his career uh qb8 in points per game his rookie year than qb3 uh in 2021 but then down to qb15 last year and i think that was a lot to do number one there's a lot of injuries but number two yeah uh, I just think Lombardi's scheme, you know, there's a lot more of those like underneath throws. He wasn't really going down the field as much. So hopefully Kellen Moore can unlock that. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully they they operated at a faster pace, although they don't really need to, but that's something Kellen Moore could bring. But I think it's the the downfield passing. Justin Herbert had what the third lowest um, intended air yards last year, like next to Kyler and Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones. So that's terrible. I mean, he has one of the best arms in football. So hopefully more, you know, forces him push the the ball downfield a bit more. Um, And, you know, Herbert had a pretty down year last year. He was QB 11, but that had a lot to do with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, missing just a ton of time. He only had both of those guys healthy for four full games, uh, the final four games of the season. Um, So he should improve, you know, with injury luck to those receivers, but they also added, a first round receiver and Quentin Johnson, which Mm -hmm. could help, you know, just solidify their depth where if one of those guys goes down, it doesn't, the offense doesn't fall apart. So I think that's massive. Um, And, you know, Herbert at QB seven makes sense because I I still want these, you know, quarterbacks that run a lot like Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Um, So Herbert makes sense at QB seven. It's just like, you know, he only offers so much upside at that point. I'm probably targeting running backs, wide receivers still. So, usually that's sort of a dead zone when it comes to quarterbacks. But I do like investing in this passing attack uh, with Kelmore there now.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing about Herbert is, you know, he goes, yeah, he's QB seven, but he usually goes, you know, closer to the top 50, um, mm. you know, top, you know, first five rounds. Whereas, you know, you could wait and get a Deshaun Watson usually. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few rounds later, even though he's only a couple of slots lower in the QB ranks and even Trevor Lawrence sometimes goes a lot later. If you're going to, no, I, I do think Herbert has significant upside. I, I do want exposure to Herbert because again, I think just the, the upside with the pace and with the, the receiving talent, I mean, you're, you're looking at a potential, like, I, I would say like a 45, 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard season is like it is yeah. high end of outcomes. So like, I definitely want some exposure Team. and he averaged uh 18 more pass yards a game uh with Keenan Allen last year, 286 versus 268. And his yards per attempt was uh almost a, a full yard higher in the 10 games Allen played. So Allen, you know, you, you're gonna count on him, even though he's getting a little older, to, to play more than 10 games, you know, play 14, 15, 16 games. Uh Mike Williams missed four games as well, as you mentioned. So um a lot of talent. No real qualms about Herbert. I, I do want some, but um, probably a best ball. I, I love the upside in best ball. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there are better values I think at quarterback, uh, once you get past, you know, fields and, and Jackson, than than going Herbert there. Uh, Allen is wide receiver 17. I, I think people are actually sleeping on him a little. I mean, he missed 10 games last year. Every time I, a guy misses games, I feel like they're a little bit discounted that next year, but he's still averaged six plus catches and 70 plus yards every single season since 2017. <laughs> so like this guy is, he still runs routes with the best of them. He's always in the, you know, top 15 every year since 2017 in points per game. And, you know, last year when he was on the field, he was still very, very productive, even with Herbert having a down year. So I don't think Keenan Allen's really going to fall off too much at all. Um, you know, average six point six catches for seventy five point two yards per game, and that was even with you know kind of being in and out and and, and having some nagging injuries last year. So I think I think he's still going to kind of gracefully, um, kind of play through you know a, another couple of years before he really uh, declines. So I'm I'm buying Keenan Allen at, at wide receiver seventeen. I mean, you're almost guaranteed a top, a, a top you know twelve to fifteen at least wide yep. receiver in points per game anytime he he's on the field. And if anything, you know, adding another guy like Johnston should only help
1: yeah.
0: uh, take some of the, the, the coverage uh, off Johnson and get him, I mean, off Allen and get him some more yeah. single coverage.
1: Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, he, if he's healthy, he, he should easily beat this ADP. I think he was like wide, wide receiver six or seven in points per game when he was actually healthy last year. So he's still got it. Um, and he's just one of the easiest players to project when he's healthy, just pencil him in for 100 catches, 1,100 yards, and six to seven touchdowns. And I'll take that at wide receiver 17, um, especially if this offense does you know, improve, play at a faster pace. Uh, I love getting Allen right here.
0: Yeah, and remember Kevin Moore, uh, in the 2021 season with the Cowboys, they had three receivers finish in the top 45. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was 17, Cooper was 26, and then Wilson was 45. So, you know, yeah. with the pace, with the talent they have – I wouldn't be surprised to see that again. So, um, you know, you have Mike Williams at, at 25, that's always been your guy. And, but now he's <laughs> got, uh, he's got some competition from Johnston, who I, I know yeah. you like as well. And then Palmer's also like, you love these these, uh, these big body <laughs> yeah, chargers. So hat, of course, right? of course uh, So them. how are you kind of, what, what do you see as the playing time? Um, and, and do you think these guys can, uh, uh, like Williams, wide receiver 25 usually goes 25 to 30. Uh, and then Johnson usually, and Johnston usually in that um, in the late '40s. What do you, uh, what do, you, what do you see as far as those guys in, in terms of uh, living up to the ADP?
1: Yeah, so I still like Michael Williams um, in best ball, specifically stacking him with Justin Herbert um, in this range. Unfortunately, he is dealing just with like a nagging back injury, it seems. So I don't, I don't know if we can count on him to play seventeen games. But when he's out there. Uh, you know, he has high-end wide receiver, two upside. And I think last year he was definitely hurt by Herbert not pushing the ball downfield as mm-hmm. much. So I think if they – if more, you know, has Herbert push the ball downfield, that's only going to benefit Mike Williams. Um, and I, I love Quentin Johnston. Um, you know, he has all the attributes to be a true number one wide receiver. He just hasn't put it all together yet. But he has the the physical attributes. I mean, he's six four. 212 but he he hasn't been really good at contested catches he doesn't play like a bigger receiver so hopefully with like NFL coaching he can fix that and he has like DeAndre Hopkins type of upside if that comes to fruition Um, and that's he's in a great offense to do that so I do like taking some flyers on Johnston around wide receiver 47 Um, I, I think that you know if either Allen or Williams goes down, he has wide receiver two sort of upside. You can't really say that with many guys, you know, just outside of the top 50. Um, There's also a chance that Josh Palmer stays involved, especially if Johnson struggles. Uh, But in this range, I'm still into investing in upside. So I like Johnson there. And then back to my boy, Josh Palmer. I think that uh, last year was the year to have him. Um, And he, you know, he was able to step up when both Keen Allen and Michael Williams were down. Uh, I think that's why his, Value might be a little bit overinflated this year, um. So I'm not getting much Josh Palmer at wide receiver 69. I, I think last year was the year to have him. Johnston is a way better talent. Uh, could overtake him fully uh, in his rookie season. So Palmer's not a guy I'm getting too much of this year.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you bring up a good point about Williams and and that in the back injury. I believe he suffered it in that in the Jaguars in the playoff game, right? Uh, yeah. You know, that is that is concerning. Um, And I just wonder if the Chargers, you know, might have been kind of looking ahead because, you know, Johnston is another they're not the same kind of player, but another big body or, you know, on the bigger side Um, Palmer, you know, like they got a lot of size here. I just wonder if they want to maybe limit Williams snaps a little bit more um to keep him healthy I mean he's 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 29 years old but you know these big bodied receivers like a Mike Williams that already you know you you see some like these guys can fall off a cliff and you combine that with a a back injury and you know two other guys that could you know like they could easily play Mike Williams like 65 to 75 percent of snaps if they really wanted to and be completely fine this, yeah <laughs> so I, my, i'm actually a little bit worried about mike williams at wide receiver 25 i mean he was going closer to 30 um you know a few weeks ago but i think he actually might be a, like a little bit risky here um just because you know they're like i said johnson they obviously draft him for a reason uh allen still allen's gonna play more games so yeah williams actually might have some downside now, now that i uh think about it a oh more. yeah
1: he, he is definitely risky that's why i said um I prefer a best ball stacks with Herbert specifically because I think that's how Herbert has, you know, a top three type of season mm-hmm. uh, that you were alluding to. is like Mike Williams is healthy and has a great season and they're pushing it downfield. So I think Herbert with Mike Williams is just maximizing that upside. But I agree, just taking Williams by himself um, is a bit risky just because I don't know if he can play 17 games anymore. And like you said, if they do limit his snaps, that, that's probably – wise uh and he could still put up numbers but certainly wide receiver 25 it would be a bit high if that ends up being the plan so yeah i'd be careful with him but stacking him with herbert is just how you maximize your best ball team ceiling
0: yeah he had uh, five games last year where he had uh, under 35 yards and four games with under 20 yards so a little bit of boomer bust. i think that you could kind of see that continue uh for williams yeah. uh what about jared everett's tight end 19 what do you think am
1: yeah. So he was solid last year. I think that was like the best case scenario because uh, we finished tight end 15, because both Kean Allen and Mike Williams missed a ton of time. And also Donald Parham missed a ton of time too. So it was like every, I remember we were talking, like we had Everett as like a top five tight end at times, like he was popping my models. So uh, if last year was the best, best case scenario is tight end 15. I think he's going to take a slight step back this year because everyone's back healthy and now they have Quentin Johnston in the mix, but you know, tight end 19 is kind of cheap for the chargers starting tight end. Um, So I would be getting a little bit of Everett in this range, but I still think I rather tap into uh, the upside of like Kincaid, Laporta, um, those types of guys, but Everett, you know, he's a solid guy at at, uh, you know, tight end 19 range, but I think last year was definitely his ceiling.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like without Keenan Allen, Everett 20% targets per route and 6 targets a game with mm-hmm. Keenan Allen uh that you from 20% to 17% and the targets drop from 6 to 5 per game um so and I think I think that's kind of where he'll be especially with them adding you know more more, more receiving talent you still got Acquere there which is that kind of hurts um, yeah. tight ends because Acquere is such a good uh, receiving back
1: Everett's um one of the fascinating things if you look at his career stats is his receptions and receiving yards have gone up each of the last six seasons. I think that trend comes to an end.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of tough for him to get any better. I mean, he finishes the <laughs> RB3 <laughs> two years ago and is the RB1 last year. So yeah, it's
1: that's just been a steady, nice. just complete rise. And I think last year was the peak.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, 42 and a half yards per game, 6.3 catches. Yeah, he probably, they probably don't need to do all that, but he'll still probably be around 100 – uh, yeah. 100 yards per game and uh has 38 touchdowns over the last two years and he's only missed one game and i think that's where him only having about 150 touches per season over his first four years in the league really helps cuz he's he's starting to carry the load now but um he's been able to stay healthy. I uh, mean obviously he keeps himself in re- very good shape so i guess the only question with him is uh is it going to be Kelly or Spiller as the handcuff? I, I'd probably still mean Kelly. I just don't think we've seen enough out of Spiller uh, where Kelly has shown some flashes, but um, it's probably not going to matter. Uh, if, if Eckler continues to stay healthy, but Kelly did get seven carries in 34%, yeah. and 34% at least 34% of the snaps in each of the last seven games, including the posts, the wildcard game, where I don't know why Eckler wasn't getting used more, but um, any, any thoughts on who might win that battle or just kind of a wait and see.
1: Um, well it's it's definitely a wait and see. I I would say Kelly is the favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he managed to hold off Spiller uh last year, so I don't see that changing drastically. Um but it's far from a slam dunk. So right now, I think Kelly, since he's around RB 73 and Spiller's around RB eighty, uh, I think Kelly is clearly the better play because I don't think it's gonna be that close. Um, but you know, both of these guys are probably worth flyers at times in that range because they're one injury wave potentially being you know like an rb3 flex but right now i would i would lean kelly and you said last year you were phys- you were at you were at the game and kelly was he looked out, good. right he looked yeah good. He,
0: that, his numbers aren't really impressive for his career but he did look good uh he has looked good on film so yeah i would give him the edge as well and i mean he's essentially a free handcuff if he is the handcuff so that is something i, I would monitor but unfortunately you know we we don't we don't really know what's going to happen i we could just make predictions and we both think it's going to be <laughs> hey, kelly but <laughs> no i mean you know in this situation it it there's still it's still somewhat of a toss up like i it's still probably like 60 yeah. 40 65 35 yeah uh, i mean
1: kelly. kelly was a fourth round prospect too um spiller was a fourth rounder last year he was kind of volatile prospect yeah hurt out he didn't yeah he, well he didn't flash even when he was healthy um so that's why i'm just saying i, I would just give the edge to kelly right now until proven otherwise And their ADPs are so close that, you know, I think that Kelly's the way to go at the time. You know, we have training camp coming up. We're going to have a lot of news and things like that. So this is something to monitor. We definitely want to invest in this backfield, these backups. But right now, it's just, it's, you know, Kelly for me.
0: And don't be, I mean maybe the chargers go out and get one of those free agent running backs too. Cause mm. if, if, you know, like a, maybe if like they could get a cheap Kareem hunt or somebody like that, yeah. you know, you never know. Cause they had Sony Michelle in there last year, just giving him carries over Spiller <laughs> too. So, uh, all right. Uh, so to recap, you know, sweepers and busts, uh, I'll just go quick for me. I think Keenan Allen's a little bit undervalued. I think Mike Williams is a little bit overvalued. What about you?
1: Um, for my sleeper, just Quentin Johnson. That's, that's the time range. I do like to take, a rookie receiver, especially in a really good offense like this. Like I said, he has upside, even if, you know, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams missed time. So that's why I think this year, unfortunately, Josh Palmer's my bust. Uh, I just think he needs a lot of things to go his way. Um, and he's, he's being drafted inside of the top 70. Uh, so I, I just don't see it. Last year was the time to have Josh Palmer.
0: All right, let's go to the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton replaces Nathaniel Hackett slash Jerry Rosberg head head coach Joe Lombardi comes here uh but it's this is Sean Payton's offense um Russell Wilson I mean he's gone QB 15 and I think he's he's the key here like if you like Russell Wilson you probably like other guys on this offense so I mean last year it was everything went wrong he had a he even had a career he had double the amount of batted passes that he's ever had in his career. He had 18 batted passes last year. So I'm assuming that'll regress a little bit, but, um, you know, his, his, uh his, he took more sacks, his sack rate uh, on pressures went from 18% two years ago, 20%, no, 18% three years ago to 20% two years ago to 27% last year. That was a career worse. He only scrambled uh, 4.9% of the time where a couple years ago, you know, he was around 8%, but the last two years it's been down around 5%. So, you know, he needs to scramble more, I think, to unlock, you know, what he's capable of. But I mean, just across the board, uh, his worst season, uh, do you think Sean Payton can turn him around? Or I guess to what extent, because we, <laughs> we know, he's kind of on the downside of his career to, you know, getting a little older as a guy who did rely on his legs short um, you know, made things happen off schedule. That's probably not going to be harder, but like how much do you see uh, a potential turnaround here with, with Peyton?
1: Well, yeah, it, it can't get much worse. Uh, and despite the disaster of a season last year, he still finishes the QB 16, mm-hmm. um, which is lower than his ADP. But uh, it, man, and the other side of the coin was Geno Smith finishes the QB five. And I said last year, it's not like Russell Wilson's going into a much better situation. You know, he had DK Metcalf and Tyra Lockett. Doesn't get much better than that, so um, I think this is about right. I mean, who are you going to take uh, him over? Anthony Richardson, Jared Goff? No,
0: <laughs> I, w- I would take so, Goff and Richardson over Wilson, but I would take Wilson over Rogers.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's basically Rogers is the punching bag, but yeah, <laughs> um, that that makes sense. That's why it, it does seem fair. I, I think he will turn it around. I don't know what happened last year. Um, I guess he didn't want to learn the audibles too. There's some talk about that, so. Uh, having Sean Payton, I think will correct a lot. And Wilson still has some solid weapons and Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Greg Dulcich. Um, so QB 18 sounds about right. I, I don't know if he's going to bounce back with like a top five season or anything like that, but you know, high-end QB two season, uh, certainly in his range of outcomes, I'm just not too interested uh, in just where he's going. If um, you know, Richardson or Goff are there, but once they're off the board, sure. I'll take uh, some Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. I mean, I- as a, in that range, you know, there is some, like, if you wait on a quarterback, I mean, we, we keep talking about it. It's tougher and tougher to wait on quarterbacks these days, but um, you know, Wilson, I know he's lost some weight, you know, they're saying maybe, maybe he'll look to scramble a little bit more. They've been practicing more scramble drill. So, I mean, there's some upside there. I don't, I don't mind uh, Wilson. No. Like you said, he's kind of going right around where he finished last year anyway and, and a, what was essentially a disaster. So yeah, um, <laughs> At yeah. QB 15, QB 16, it's probably there's mostly upside there. So I actually don't mind him. Uh Jerry Judy's at wide receiver 20 and Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 39. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two Bronco, uh, the top two Bronco receivers?
1: Yeah, so I still like Judy. You know, he's yeah, despite Wilson's struggles last year, he still managed to finish the wide receiver 18. Um, he's still young, you know, he's only 24 years old, mm-hmm. still entering his prime. Uh, but he should face more target competition this year with Tim Patrick back. Uh, I do like rookie Marvin Minns, Um, because the Broncos, they didn't really have a number three wide receiver they could rely on last year. I mean, it was ugly. So, um, you know, he should have more target competition. I don't think that's going to knock Judy off too much, um, but I, I do think the wide receiver 21 range is fair. The only problem is, is he sits like atop a pretty massive wide receiver two slash wide receiver three tier. Or you get guys a little bit later on that I'm projecting like just like one point lower than him. So that's the only reason I'd shy away Um, is I'd rather just wait and get a tire locket, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, you know, maybe a couple rounds later. Um, So this just has to do with tiers where I think Judy's ranked accordingly, but that's, you know, he's sitting on top of a massive tier. Um, So where Judy's going, I'd rather just pivot. And sometimes you get Justin Fields there, George Kittle or Joe Mixon. I'm usually attacking other positions um, when this uh, wide receiver tier starts. Um, so that's kind of why I'm fading Judy not not necessarily his rank, but just this range. It's easier to wait at receiver.
0: Yeah, and it, like he's he's a very good receiver, but the, there's like a there's some uncertainty here, and um, you know he, his best performances last year came in a couple of games that. Courtland Sutton missed when Sutton was out for a couple of games, Judy averaged eight and a half targets, seven and a half catches, 75 yards uh, and had one and a half touchdowns per game with Sutton in the lineup, you know, four for 63, still pretty good, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, not many touchdowns to speak of. And um, yeah, he's not, he's a a solid pick there, but um, I don't, he's nothing's kind of screaming out at you, I guess. Yeah. Sutton, Sutton worries me a little bit. I mean, I know he's like three years removed now from the injury, but uh, he just really hasn't been the same. You know, that year before the injury, 2019, 2.1 yards per route, five yards after the catch uh, per reception. Uh, and since, he's only averaging about one and a half yards per route. Uh, and he 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 was he had the worst yards per catch in the league last year uh, among qualifiers at just 2.1 oh, – y- yards after the catch per mm-hmm. reception, just 2.1, and that's been dropping – you know, 2019, it was, it was more than double that and just kind of got halved ever since he came back. So um, I think he's a little bit risky. I, You know, Mim, the fact that they drafted Mims and was at the end of the second round and, and Patrick's coming back, like you said, um, you know, if, if Sutton struggles, you know, there's a chance he kind of maybe doesn't play, you know, 90% of the snaps as a true starting wide receiver like he he used to so yeah i'm, I'm not really on sutton uh patrick i was kind of down on buddy i mean he's definitely gonna get a chance to probably start i mean he's mm-hmm. what he's like a has like a you're paying him like 10 million bucks this year and <laughs> yeah, he uh, got paid yeah and he's, and he's their best blocking receiver as well yeah. so um you know there's a you know just because of the uncertainty i mean if you look at patrick at wide receiver 90 and sutton at wide receiver 39 i actually you know Patrick's actually the guy, probably mm-hmm. the better value there. So um I can't I can't knock him too much. And then Mims at 84, probably more of like a situational deep threat gadget type of yeah. player. Uh, but it, he is really their only speed, uh, like on like at the skill position. I mean, Judy's not like super fast, you know, Williams and Pirine mm-hmm. not super fast. Sutton, like really, that's how I think Mims gets on the field is is because they need some speed. But Dulcich probably is is. Is, is a value at tight end 16. He averaged uh, just over 40 yards per game in his rookie year.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, first off is Cortland Sutton still kind of like on the trade block. What's up with that? Or is that died down? I mean, There's I, I a just, chance he could still get traded.
0: Yeah. But I mean, that's probably wouldn't be a good sign because that, that would just kind of tell you that they don't like, cause like why, like why would you trade Cortland Sutton? If you're Sean Payton, you're coming in here, like he should be a locked in starter. Right. Like he's supposed to be good, but he just really has been very average, even a little below every yeah. time since coming. We'll back. see.
1: So, um, but uh, I going back to Marvin Mims, I think that you're right. Like he he's the speed. He is what I think we wanted KJ Hamler to be and what mm-hmm. Denver I mean, Hamler's still there, but Mims will have that kind of role. He's like a really fast slot receiver, but he's not really a possession guy. He's a vertical threat. So in Sean Payton's scheme, that that has some upside, especially in best ball. So I think uh, he is absolutely worth a flyer in, in that range. Um, you know, I have to figure, you know, he's going to have a big player too every once in a while. Um, so love him in best ball. But yeah, like it, I'm passing on Sutton at ADP and investing in uh, Patrick at wide receiver 97. That seems pretty egregious and he always seems to outperform ADP. So that's kind of how I'm handling uh, the Broncos receivers is kind of, kind of punting on Judy and Sutton investing in these cheaper guys, uh, Mims and Patrick.
0: Yeah. I, you know, that's, I I hope Sutton gets traded. Cause that would really open it up for, for, uh, for Mims. Nope. But yeah, Patrick, yeah. Uh, you know, I was down on him, but he actually might be a, a cheap guy who's getting like 80, 90% of the snaps. If he, although that you, you do worry about, you know, a guy who's never like a amazing athlete coming, coming back off the ACL. So just another guy to kind of monitor, but could could be a value, but yeah, Sutton's mm-hmm. kind of the guy I, I'm a little bit worried about uh, dosage. I like him at tight end 16. Um, you know, I think he has a chance to finish top 12. You know, I know man hurts is there to block and uh, they got okay. Troutman, but dosage is, is a receiving tight end. And uh, you know, they, this offense is going to be a completely different one. So, you know, that, that is a little bit concerning, but it's like this, there's only so many tight ends with that, like the talent that dosage has. Yeah. And you know, there's a chance that he is a big part of this offense. Like he could be the number two target after Judy in, yeah. you know, if Sutton <laughs> struggles and, and, and Patrick kind of is kind of more of a jack of all trades. So like him, uh, what do you think of, uh, of Javante? Because he's going inside the top 20. i you know, me, I don't, I don't like to trust these guys where it's like coming off injuries. We don't know exactly how well they're healing. We don't know exactly how much they're going to play early on in the year he ruptured not, he didn't just tear his ACL. He also ruptured his LCL and uh suffered trauma to other structures in and around his knees. So even if the ACL is good, it doesn't mean his like entire leg and knee uh, is healed. And we keep hearing Denver is one of the top uh spots for Dalvin cook. So like I'm, I'm out on Javante rather get me some P Ryan at 39. Um, What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Just, he might not be ready by week one. And even if he is like, what's his role going to be? Are they going to ease him in kind of like what we saw with JK Dobbins last year? It's, it's a very scary situation. And he's obviously he has RB one upside. We know that, but I'm probably going to hold off this year just because there's too much downside. There's other backs in this range that you, that can give you 17 quality games. And we just can't say that about Javante right now. Um, So yeah, RB 22 uh, he would have to fall outside of, like, the top 28, I think, for me to, like, consider him Um, and, until we get some more positive news. But I'm right there with you. I think RB22 is uh, pr- way too high.
0: Yeah, 11.9 carries for 53 yards per game in his rookie year, 11.8 for 51 last year. Uh, So I think that he just might not be a guy who can handle – you know, 20 carries, and that you know the fact that they got P Ryan in, and they're yeah. they're flirting with uh with Cook kind of tells you that they probably feel feel the same.
1: Yeah. So P Ryan at RB 39. That's that's a range where, you know, it's it's mainly backups where they probably needed an injury to to post RB two numbers, and P Ryan already has a clear path to that. You know, week one he might be the starting running back. Uh, so I love p ryan at rb 30 right 39 right now uh, and he could get a handful of carries like i said like javante could struggle they could put him on ice um and i think a an interesting stack with p ryan would be Brees hall who is another back i think has a ton of upside but might start the season kind of slow so you get p ryan starting the first couple of games Brees hall's easing in and then you know Brees hall has a ton more value week three on uh, I think that P. Ryan and Brees Hall stacks are kind of sneaky, but I love P. Ryan at RB39 right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't even touch Brees Hall where he's going. I know, RB12. I know you don't and like especially, him. Especially, <laughs> well, not even just the
1: fact that, like, there's the injury question marks that, yeah. and he's going, like,
0: as a top to back, but the Jets are, like, one of the top landing spots for Cook as well. So, like, True, yeah. like when you factor it all, there's a lot more downside. And, I like, you can't, don't lose your draft early in the first it's, five rounds. It's almost like do P. It. Ryan –
1: P. Ryan would be a good stack with a running back that you could see kind of getting off to a slow start is all I'm getting at. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. And he was, P. Ryan was RB3 overall in weeks 12 and 13 when Mixon uh, was out. So yep. P. Ryan absolutely can handle a full, full workload. So love getting him right here.
0: Uh, All right. Uh, who do you like for sweepers, undervalued guys for the Broncos?
1: Greg Dulcich all the way. Uh, yep. I mean, he was a tight end 10. Uh, the 10 games he was healthy last year. He wasn't even able to play till week six, so he missed a lot of training camp preseason as a rookie. Could be even better in year two. Uh, the only concern is it's a new coaching regime, so they might like Albert O. more than the old coaching staff. He could, you know, factor in a bit. But I, I love Dulcich in the the tight end sixteen range. Obviously, has uh, you know top twelve upside.
0: Yeah, I, I like I like Dulcich as well. Um, there's like like you said, there's only so many guys that can that have that top twelve upside. He does also also. I think Russ could be a sleeper this year. I, I, I again, like he, all things considered as bad as a year as he had still. Thank it Worse rushing upside his uh, rushing production over his last five games. I think he'll do more of that this year. Um, So I don't mind him uh, in that, you know, QB 15 to 17 range and, and P Ron as well, uh, but be, you know, be mindful of the fact that, you know, cook could sign here. So I'm not going yep. overboard at least until cook is signed. Uh, Busts.
1: Cortland Sutton. Uh, I just think he's priced too high, especially with Patrick coming back. Marvin Mims uh, could make some noise. So I think Sutton uh, is probably the most overpriced guy on the Broncos. I I
0: agree though. I'd say Javante Williams gives him a run for his money. Oh uh, yeah, like uh, yeah. just the the fact that he tore all these ligaments, and I mean you got Cook, you got P Ryan, you got injury issues. You never had average twelve carries in a season even. Not, not, not loving it for Javante, even though he's a talented guy. Yep. All right. Raiders, uh, we can go pretty quick here, but let's, I think the most interesting thing is Josh Jacobs. I'm starting to get a little worried about him. I know he's got, so he's got this contract situation. He might play on the franchise tag. He's been a a, a running, a top 16 running back uh, every year of his career, but he had 340 carries last year. It's only happened five other times, excluding when Le'Veon Bell set out the next year, but five other times over the last decade, Uh, when we've seen at least 320 uh, a bat get. They've averaged seven missed games the next next year, and all five of them dipped at least one yard in their yard per carry average. And and Jacobs did post a career-high 4.9 last year. So I I just think the efficiency is going to be down. And even though they went 6-11, and they lost nine of those 11 games by one score. So they they still have a bottom five win total. Uh, And things could be really bad. Uh, in terms of game script for for the Raiders this year, so I think last year was the year to buy low on Jacobs when everyone freaked out because he played in a preseason game or something. Um, this year, I, I don't think I yeah, will He I, looked this...
1: really, he looked really good in that preseason game. That was yeah, the, no, he did. Like, thin thing.
0: I think I for, I just I, I just think this is the year to like take a start. like I was getting Jacobs like it's like the RB twenty five, yeah. RB thirty last year. Now yeah. I have to pay a top ten price. Uh, and the guy's not even signed. I'm going to. I think this is kind of the start of the frozen pond. Like after Nick Chubb, you like oh. Jacobs number eight. I oh. that worries me a little. Just game script, new quarterback, potentially injured quarterback, potentially like uh, it, yeah. It is just a bad defense. Game script, like just a lot of concerns. So yeah, I don't not not really feeling Jacobs. What, what about you?
1: yeah obviously last year is the time to get him he was a league winner no Mm -hmm, doubt about it i actually had in my notes last year he was was my sleeper pick because said they're going to run him to the ground and you know kick him to the curb but like you said just 340 carries it's hard to bounce back with a with a repeat season but i did like the uh just the increase in usage as a pass catcher i mean Mm Despite having Abdullah and Bolden there, um, you know, he led the way with the receiving usage uh, average around, you know, 50 to 60 routes run per game. So that was encouraging, especially if they're going to be trailing uh, more this year. So uh, this situation is definitely worth monitoring. It's really hard to project the guy with, who might hold out, but um, you know, I think RB8, is a bit rich, like you said. There, there is a little bit of concern there, so this is one of the situations. Should have had him last year, wouldn't overpay him this year, uh, and especially with these concerns. Um, I'm, I'm lukewarm on him at uh, RBA, and he missed uh, uh,
0: seven, he missed seven about two, like two to three games a year, his first three years in a week, and then played all 17 last year, like especially with that, with that much usage and the fact that he's not really going to probably be in camp at all. Like it just, it's one of those things. Like I've just watched enough football for enough years (laughs) to like there's you know, you can't knock him too much, but just kind of a gut feel that this is going to be a little bit of a step back into at least into just like what we normally get from Jacobs, like somewhere in like the 800 to 1100 rushing yard range, you know, 13 to four, 15 games, like just, yeah. not 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 the guy we got last year
1: but that, that was a lesson last year where preseason isn't useless because if you watch that what it was like something like the Hall of Fame game yeah it was and it he was, yeah. was out there but he I, I was like oh my god he looks really good now so uh that's why it's worth watching preseason but that was bizarre that he was out there um that was just a bizarre preseason but yeah like he looked like a, on a different level last year unfortunately i think that will obviously be his best season ever
0: yeah. And then, and so the quarterback situation now. I mean, uh-huh. Jimmy Garoppolo is going as QB 29. Josh McDaniel says he's not concerned about the offseason foot surgery, but Garoppolo, as far as uh, I'm aware, has not passed his physical yet. And the Raiders can release him free of charge if he does not pass his physical before the start of the season. But then you're looking at like Hoyer. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, maybe a Carson Wentz or, like, oh, I mean, it can, the defense I don't think is very good. Like I, this in, I mean, I, yeah, this, I'm not really feeling this, this, this Raider team, Um, mm. but, but, but talk to me. What do you, what do you, what do you, what's your outlook Gosh. for this offense?
1: Uh I, no wonder Devonte Adams is pissed right now. I mean, what a disaster. Yeah, but, and that those cryptic
0: tweet, uh those that cryptic whatever he he said, like that that doesn't bode well for fantasy either. When he was no. like, I
1: don't like how they're gonna use me this year. No, yeah. So not interested, not interested in Jimmy G uh in fantasy. I think you know he benefited a lot from being in the 49ers system. I have all the respect for Kyle Shanahan making bad quarterbacks look good. And, and he had a ton of weapons in San Francisco, let's face it. So Raiders. Although they have one of the best receivers in the game in Devontae Adams, it's not an upgrade. You know, they lost Darren Waller. Um, So I am all out on Jimmy G, especially just the chances that he could get cut, uh, make him actually have a lower floor uh, than most in this range. So, yeah, I'm all out on Jimmy G. And it's really tough to project the pass catchers just not knowing how this is going to shake out.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, Devonte Adams at wide receiver six, six even seems a little bit risky because you know going from yeah. Rodgers to Carr, but Carr was his boy. Like they had, they knew each other. They had yeah. chemistry. Now, who even if it's uh, uh, Garoppolo, I mean, R- Devonte with averaging sixteen yards of catch last year, you know, he he was running more downfield routes, and that's just not going to be there with Jimmy. So you know, who knows how that would look uh, even with him. Um, Renfro I think he might get traded. I don't think they really want to use him mm-hmm. I don't think McDaniels likes him the way Gruden did not and, and Carr and him also had chemistry and now Carr's gone but uh Renfro took a big step back just 17 percent targets per route after 22 percent uh in the three you know his first three years in the league and the yards per route went from 1.9 to 1.1 1. 1. so uh, you know I, I think I think if anything it's it's going to be Jacoby Myers and uh and they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, which is what Adams is alluding to. So maybe Mayer at tight end 25 could take a flyer on him, but Hooper is still there. So this is just the offense. I really, I just really don't want anything to do it, even though like the defense should be bad enough that like they have to pass a lot. Like <laughs> it's just, there's just a lot of bad juju right now. I feel like with this, with this Raider team, like this could be a dumpster fire. This could be the worst team in the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, Adams at wide receiver six, um, it's not a great situation, but he's QB proof. Let's face it, he put up wide receiver number one numbers with Brett Hundley under center in Green Bay. So I think he still sounds about right, right at wide receiver six. Um, but like you said, you know, Jimmy G doesn't have chemistry with anybody on this team. So there's the chance he targets someone like Jacoby Myers a bit more than we expect, uh, which would ding Devontae a bit. Um, and then, like you, like, you know, Hunter Renfro, um, if he gets traded, that'll help project you know, some of these players a little bit higher, but um, Jacoby Myers is, he's tough to trust at wide receiver 50. Um, you know, he's doesn't have a high ceiling and he, he, tends to need a lot of volume to produce and playing alongside Devonte Adams is going to cut into that. So it's, it's real hard to invest in any pass catcher right yeah. now and, until we see how this shakes out.
0: Yeah, because I mean, yeah, Adams obviously he's been QB proof. Um, but I would still say this year, more than any other, he probably has yes. a downside. Like the yeah. most downside <laughs> he's had in like over half a decade. Ever. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, Myers is no longer the top target. Renfro is completely kind of out of the equation. Like it, McDaniels just for whatever reason yeah. not doesn't like his freestyling, uh, you know quadruple cut, whatever routes. I don't even know. He, <laughs> like he's kind of in the doghouse and yeah. And then they got two tight ends. So it's not even like Mayer can just come, you know, it's not like what Porta situation where yep. like he's got a clear path. Like Hooper could definitely, um, you know, play like half the snaps So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much out on this entire office, but Jacobs really does worry me. I, I just think, I just think there's a lot of downside with him uh, at, at, at RBA. Like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't pencil him in for the same production just because McDaniels is still here. Uh, that he had last year, and, and Renfro as well. I think Renfro, uh, if Renfro stays on the Raiders, I, I just think he's a complete non-factor. Uh, if he goes somewhere else, maybe, maybe he resurrects himself. But uh, no sweepers for me. Any any, any sweepers for you?
1: <laughs> no, I have no one listed. Yeah,
0: yeah, none for me. And then yeah, Jacobs, <laughs> uh, but really, I, I would Jacobs and Renfro definitely the guys I think are uh, are gonna uh, have the most downside. But you know, Devontae has more downside than he usually does. Myers, not the number one, tar- like every, just something not to like about everyone. And yeah, I, just, I don't see the upside outside of the defense just being so bad that they have to like, and Jimmy Garoppolo has not even been a high volume passer ever. So even that, like and mm-hmm. maybe like those five games at San Francisco when is when he first got there, but, you know, especially with all his injuries, is that what they're going to ask him to do? I, I, yeah, I'm all, I'm out, I'm out on the Raiders. That's, that's, that's my, uh, that's the way to sum it up for me. Any, any he busts or, guys you're specifically down on um
1: yeah it just it begins and ends with jimmy g um and he's the type of guy i would say like i only like him in a two qb super flex format because he has a high floor low ceiling but he has a low floor right now because like you said they could you know release him and save all that cap space and then maybe he's not starting with anybody this year so he has a pretty low floor baked in um and just regardless it's this offense I, i don't see it happening so it begins and ends with jimmy g uh that hard to find much value in this offense right now
0: yeah, I mean, if they, you know, I think if Jimmy G is not the guy and like, you know, maybe they, you know, some whoever's like this defense is, I think, going to be bad. The division's tough. Like they're going to have to throw a lot. So maybe there will be some value at some point if a free agent signs. But yeah, right now, the with, with the way they're all priced, uh, I, I, I can't do it. So I'm out. I'm out on the Raiders. Uh, that is going to wrap it up if you want to. Here, Sean and I talking NFC West. That episode will drop Friday. Our AFC and NFC East, North, and South episodes are already out right here on the Fantasy Flex channel. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. Find me there at Chris Raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.